everyone. Welcome to the Book Lounge. Today we are talking about Atomic Habits by James Clear. Your hosts, as always, are myself, Corinne Ritchie. And me, Tom Butler-Bowden. And as you know by now, what we do each week is select a great non-fiction book from past or present, and we uh, consider it and discuss it and dissect it. And as Book Insights curator, I'll say why I selected it, uh, what my highlights are, and why I think it's still relevant. Yep, and I will also chime in and give you the latest news on the title and the author. Now, for the most in-depth knowledge about Atomic Habits, we recommend two things. One, this podcast is brought to you by Memoed, so be sure to check out the savable, shareable 10-point memo all about this book. You'll find a link to it in the show notes. Um, and two, we recommend listening to the Book Insights episode of this book, which is a more detailed like summary, overview, and analysis. But here in the Book Lounge, it's more of just an informal chat about the book of the week. Um, This week, we are bringing on a guest who is a senior financial manager. She's a speaker, a consultant. Um, She's managed billion-dollar budgets. Um, She has an MPA in general finance from NYU and is known as the focused spender on YouTube, Instagram, and around social media. Uh, There, she helps her followers to stop living paycheck to paycheck by maximizing savings, investment, and debt payoff. Please welcome Camilla O'Brien. Hi, thanks. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. Nice to meet you guys. Thank you for uh, being li- here. Yeah, likewise. Uh, so Camilla, I'm um, just interested, like how you sort of transitioned or at the same time, you know, you're, you've got your sort of regular career uh, work and then the whole YouTube social media thing. Um, how did that get going? Yes. So way back in, I think 2009, 2010, my sister gave me a book by Dave Ramsey called The Total Money Makeover. And at the time I was working and I had about 70 to $75,000, probably like 70000 at that time in student loan debt. And I pretty much was paying everything off like normal. I wasn't really considering like accelerating or doing anything fancy with my money. But then she gave me this book and I thought, okay, let me read it. Let me see what I can do. So I read the book. It kind of changed my whole financial way of thinking. And I decided I'm going to follow the principles. I'm going to figure out how I can get out of debt very quickly. So um, by the time I finished the book, I think I was at $65,000 worth of student loan debt. And I decided I'm going to take the next five years and I'm just going to pay it off. But I was able to pay it off in three years, which I was super excited about. And so during that time, I wanted to start um, a YouTube channel. I feel like YouTube at the time was still pretty new. Um, It was still pretty new, but like the things that I was consuming were like beauty and like fashion and hair. And I did not want to do anything like that. I wanted to talk about something that I really knew. So I decided, well, you know what? I can share my money journey. So I decided to start my channel. I thought about um, how I thought about my personal money habits. And I realized that Whenever I came up with a a goal for myself, when it had to do with money, I was very focused. I was laser focused on that one thing. So I decided to name myself Focus Spender. Then I started my YouTube channel and then people liked it. So I kept I kept going with it. And after I got got out of debt and I started investing, then I really started, you know, doing the channel more like producing more videos about getting out of debt and different things that I was trying because I think by the time I started the channel, I only had like a year left in my my uh, debt free journey, so it wasn't much content. So then I needed to talk, figure out something else. And so the <laughs> what else was 
my investing and my saving and things of that nature. That's great. And I know you said that um, when you first started, there were habits that you needed to change. So I'd love to hear about what were some of those things that you needed to shift right away to go from like you had described of just sort of paying things off regularly and then shifting gears into, no, I'm going to pay this off in an expedited way. Well, the one thing was how I was paying it off. So um, when you're when you're getting out of debt, when you have student loans, they give you um, they give you your loan repayment schedule and they say this is how you pay it off. You need to pay one hundred dollars off every month. But when you're come, when you're switching gears and you're deciding I'm going to accelerate it, you have to come up with you have to pay that debt off first before you pay like pay for everything else in your life. So you have to switch how you're handling your money. So instead of me being the, I'm going to, like my habit was spending, 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 whatever's left might go to my student loans. I had to like just reconfigure everything where the first thing I did was sit down every month and decide, okay, I'm going to make this amount of money, whether from my job or from side hustles that I was doing, take that money, take and pay it towards my student loan debt. And then whatever's left over, I can spend however I want. So it was just reframing how, what I did with my money on payday and just getting into that habit of budgeting with the mindset that I'm, I'm focusing on my goal first. Mm. Well, it's, it's interesting, um, you know, that I guess you're talking about a combination of a goal you had, which was to pay off your debt. Um, but then sort of starting to realize that the only way to get there was to change your habits. And um, for people who haven't uh, read or listened to James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, um, this is probably the sort of thing which it rests on, this sort of um, intersection between goals and habits. Because if you read uh, all the personal development literature, say, it's all about, you know, having some amazing goal which sort of pulls you towards it. But um, James Clear, it's, it's a very different take. Um, what he says is that goals on their own just, you know, won't cut it. They won't get you there. You've got to really break down your day into sort of very small, like hourly compartments almost and um, work out what your habits are and, you know, what, what's not working for you and what, you know, what could get you to that goal. Um, so it's a very, uh, it's a very interesting way of, of approaching or success or getting away from a, from a place of failure. Um, so Camilla, I mean, for you, what does this term atomic habits actually mean? Oh, wow. So atomic habits, I think it's more like the th like the things that you're going to do that's going to just help you blow up into the person you really want to be. So even when I read Atomic Habits, I remembered thinking that it explained so much about like how I felt after I got out of debt. So getting out of debt, that was my that was my end all goal. And then I got out of debt and I thought, what what do I do now? Like, do I save? Do I invest? What am I saving for? Like if. What, even thinking about my name, Focus Spender, I came up, came up with that name because I would always focus in on one goal. So that when the goal of being debt free was finally accomplished, I kind of did not, I didn't really know what to do with myself. Um, 
I, you know, I, I had a savings goal after that to build up an emergency fund. So I did that. And then that happened. And I thought, well, what's next? And so finally, I came to the point where I just thought, well, I know I want to invest. I don't know how much I want to invest. I don't know what the end all goal is. But let me just set up some habits so that I can start investing. And I really when I read the book, I thought, well, this now makes sense because I wanted to be an investor. And that is not necessarily tied to a certain amount of money. Just to be an investor, you just need to start investing. Once you start investing, that's it. You're an investor. And so I think the, the book kind of explains, like, if you want if you want your life to change, you don't really need to have some end end goal. It's, it's great as a starting point. Don't get me wrong. It's definitely great. It's probably necessary as a starting point. But if you want to change, like, your life completely, you just have to, you know, think of what it is you want to be and just start just you know, claim it and say, I want to be a runner. I'm going to go run. I want to invest. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to start investing. So that's the way I think of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, th- who you are is what you do every hour and every day, I guess, um, which, is, which is an idea that, you know, philosophers have talked about for thousands of years. But um, it's so easy to forget that, isn't it? Um, like you say, a, a runner is someone who runs, not someone who thinks about running. <laughs> um, or an investor is someone who invests, not thinks about investing. Um, and I think in the in the book, James Clear does does talk quite a lot about this, um, that you are your habits. And he's very clear not to be judgmental, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So he he makes you do a sort of inventory of all your habits. And... Um, by sort of giving yourself a scorecard or noting down all of your habits, um, it's not necessarily like who you think you you are is not necessarily who you are in terms of your actions. <laughs> yes. At the same time, he's saying it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, don't be too hard on yourself because once you actually have it all written down, what you're sort of doing all the time as opposed to what you're thinking or want to do, um, it's sort of liberating um because you realize that you know by changing these micro habits these atomic habits um you know a, a few months down the line you're almost like a, a different person definitely i even think about um during well we're still in covid but you know when covid first started and we got into quarantine um one of the things that i wanted to do was just to get into better shape but I, I didn't have any, there was no goal. There was no trip coming up. There was no reason for me to like lose weight or bulk up or anything. But um, I started, you know, I, I joined um, with some friends, um, like a, what do you call those things? Um, like an accountability group. And right. so the whole thing was, you know, every day we're just going to check in and say what we've done. And so you just got into that habit of, Waking up first thing in the morning, waking up, putting on your your gym clothes, exercising, and then that was it. I didn't even I didn't even bother with like I think I weighed myself once or twice, but I didn't bother with doing that because that part didn't matter. As long as I did something every day, I knew I was going to see changes, and I did. I I've, I've slowed down <laughs> since then, but I I definitely did, and I was able to keep that for se- keep that up for several months. But it, it really is that you know just getting into that mindset where. I'm not trying to focus in on one thing. I'm just trying to change my daily habit, knowing that if I just do any type of exercise, 
doesn't even matter what it is. If I just do any exercise every single day for some portion of time, I'm going to see lifelong results. Yeah, that's that's where this book is very similar to the compound effect, where it's um, the idea that little things that you do every day over time add up. So rather than, um, you know, setting a big goal and, uh, you know, focusing on nothing but that goal for however long it takes for you to get there, um, he sort of turns that around and says, no, like, you know, the big goal may may or may not be necessary if you're just thinking about looking at what I already do every day and figuring out how to make the small adjustments to weave in whoever it is that I want to be or whatever it is that I want to include in my life. How do I weave it into what I'm already doing and in such a way that it doesn't take uh, a bunch of structured energy? So he gives all these steps to ingrain it and make it as simple as possible to where that you don't have to, it doesn't take a bunch of thought. It doesn't take a bunch of planning. It's just woven into your day seamlessly. And then over time it builds up into, you know, that, that, that sort of end trait that you're hoping to get towards. Exactly. And it's also why, like when I um, work with people financially, I always tell them that they just need to automate everything. So if you want to save money or if you want to save more money, okay, just, Set up an auto an auto um, transfer into your savings account, and then you don't have to think about it anymore. Because the second you have to think about transferring money from your checking to your savings, then you're going to say, "Well, I might need this money." You don't actually need the money. You probably should just put it in your savings. So you really do want to make those types of things just happen automatically, where you don't even have to think about it, and then you know magic happens afterwards. Right? Mm-hmm. How do you make everything as easy as possible? And automation exactly. is a great way. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a good point. I hadn't really thought about using technology to make a lot of your life hab- habitual like that. Um, but, but in the book, um, James Clear, he goes quite deeply into the science behind um, habits um, and, and the psychology um, which I thought was pretty interesting. I mean, I've, I've read some before and like The Power of Habit. You might have read that one by Charles Duhigg. Um, but it's, it's very interesting, all the thing about the cue, the reward, the craving, the response. <laughs> um, yeah, I was wondering, you know, Camilla, did you, did you find that part of the book useful, sort of, that deep dive into how habits are actually formed and how we can break them. I did. I think um, just thinking about even going back to the exercise, um, the exercise analogy, um, there's this thing people, people who work out sometimes take called pre-workout and it tastes like juice. So the first thing I would do in the morning, it's sitting out in front it's sitting on my counter I put some in some water, I take it. And I'm taking this, I'll drink it when I'm dead tired. I'm sleepy, I have no energy to work out. But that cue is just me seeing the the pre-workout. I take it and you know, in 20, 25 minutes, I have a burst of energy. And as as I feel my energy rising, I'm running to change my clothes and change into my gym clothes. And then I'm just working out. So everything happens really, really fast. And then before my day even starts, I feel wonderful because I've gotten up early, I've exercised, and it makes me feel good for the whole day. So it really is something that 
basically, if you want to change the habit, you definitely have to be able to see it and just make it very easy and something that you want to do where like it might seem hard at first. But if you make everything super, super simple, it's just going to happen. I think about other things that I want to do that I'm it's not visual and it's very hard for me to even get started because I'm just going to forget. I'm going to forget to do it. So you definitely want to make it something that's like you want those visual cues. You want the reward um, that's associated with it so that it's fun and it doesn't feel like a burden. Mm. Yeah, you want you, to, you want to eliminate that space or the, that sort of possibility of decision, right? Yes. Thinking, mm, yeah, I don't feel do like it all. <laughs> yeah, think of some like very strong reason um, why you can't do it, which is always, you know, the sort of ego talking. Um, and I think in the book, uh, James Clear, he says, you know, willpower is like a muscle. Um, if you use it too much in one day, you know, you don't want to do any more. Um, you don't want to lift any more. So, um, again, I guess it comes back to this thing of automating uh, your life. And the, the cues are definitely a part of that. I mean, I, I do meditation and the teacher always says, just uh, if you don't feel like doing it or don't want to do it, just sit on the cushion, sit on the damn cushion. Yeah. And then once you're actually sitting on it, <laughs> you, think you start to get into the mindset um, of like, okay, now I'm here, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Um, but it's just sort of the, the getting there in the first place. The cue. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely I'd love hard. To hear, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd love to hear about the cues that you use for, you know, kind of coaching people financially. What are some of those, like, parts of the, the system that you use to, to help people change their money habits? Well, one is, is, one is like, just changing their mindset in general <laughs> in terms of thinking, like, they can't do it. Because I feel like a lot of times people think, Oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. It's not going to happen. I'm no good at money. So you have to you have to make people understand that there's no such thing as being no good with money. It's it's literally math. It's like if you make this much amount and you have this much to spend and you have this amount of bills, you have this much left over to do whatever else. So getting them out of the mindset that they can't do it and it's too hard is definitely the first thing I like um I have to work on. And then setting up those systems. So like I may, if someone is living paycheck to paycheck or they can't figure out why they don't ever have enough money to pay their bills, one thing I like to do, I like to have people split up their bank accounts. So you have one checking account that's for your daily spending. And then you have another checking account that's for your bills. And on payday, you know, you have enough money that's going into your uh, checking account for your bills, just it just goes there automatically, and then the rest goes into your your other checking and into your other savings. So all of your money goes into the right places at the right time, so that you always have, like the money that's in your checking account, you never have to think about it, and the money that's um, in your spending account, you have to spend at all times. So it's just making sure that from the beginning you set it up. A lot of times, I think even when the, even to get people to do that, they start to panic, like, I'm not going to have enough money. I'm not going to have have enough money. So just, you know, making sure that they understand why we're doing it in the first place. And then once everything is automatic and then they see the money start to grow and things start to happen. So that'll take a couple of weeks, like for them to see what's actually happening. But once they see it, 
people get exciting because they understand it's working. So it's just getting them to the point to start automating and then letting them um, see that everything is happening for a reason or happening correctly and it's working in their favor. Mm. And what do you think? I mean, I've come across this research that um, I can't remember the, the name of it. I think it came out of Australia that people who went on a sort of exercise or diet program once they achieve sort of certain goals in that, that all these other, it was like the key that opened up a lot of other good stuff in their life. They started improving their career relationships and so on. Um, so I, I guess that's true with, you know, people working on their personal finances. Um, but, you know, I wonder if it, if it uh, works the other way as well. Like, do you know of any people who have sort of become um, you know, better physically in terms of exercise and so on. And then they started thinking about their, their finances or whatever. I mean, what, what do you think about this interplay between one sort of area of habits yeah. in life and another area? I mean, I think that's, that's extremely important because once you have one area of your life kind of figured out, then you know that you can replicate that success someplace else. So like, um, if you do, if you get your finances in order, that's one less stress. You're not stressed about your money anymore. So now you have the room to think about something else. Like, okay, I have money. I, I'm not thinking, I'm not worried about my finances. And I now want to worry about, I want to focus on my health. Now I have the fist of financial flexibility to start buying healthier foods or to afford that gym membership. So it, it definitely opens up your mind to be able to focus on everything else. Because once, if you're stressed about one thing, then the other things that are stressing you out, you're gonna be stressed about that as well because you don't even have the mental capacity to worry or fix the other things that are going on in your life. So I definitely think it gives you that room to, um, it just it's just one less, one less thing to stress about so that you can um, have room to think about other things. Hmm. Yeah, it reminds me of the, uh in psychology, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, well, it's more, you're, what you're talking about is more sort of horizontal, I guess. But his big thing, of course, was um, once you sort of attend to your basic needs in life, um, then you start thinking more about education. And when that's sorted or finances, then you start thinking about the spiritual aspect of your life. Um and uh, I mean, even even the spiritual aspect really is a sort of habit thing, isn't it? I mean, we, we mentioned like meditation or whatever, or what people do in their different religions and so on. But you can see um, the spiritual or religious aspect of life very much as a habit as well. Yeah. I'm not mm -hmm. sure. I'm not sure he he talks about that in his book, but it just occurred to me there. You're just thinking about like the habit of going to church on a on a weekly basis, <laughs> like, and even church itself is very habitual. Like, usually for most church services, the same thing happens every single week. The only thing that might change is the the song selection and the sermon, but everything <laughs> else is exactly the same, which is comforting. It is comforting, and like when things happen out of order, you're like, this is not this is not working. What's going on? So that habit, like habitual things, are definitely very comforting to people. Yeah, which makes which makes you think that you know the great religions, you know they know they knew about habits 
2,000 years ago. They know how it works, know how it shapes people, know how it brings order into their lives, um, makes them better people, etc. You know, long before psychology or self-help was invented. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. And so I was hoping you might be able to share with our viewers on YouTube or our listeners some of the reward part of it. So if they're thinking like, oh, this sounds so daunting, uh, you know, changing my paycheck, where it goes and how and changing, oh, I have to talk to HR. And, you know, they're, they're going through the list of reasons why this just sounds like too much work to change their, you know, money habits. Um, what are some of the rewards that you've seen in your clients or in yourself where when you're willing to do these changes to your money habits, um, you know, what's the payoff? Well, I would say the payoff is that you can live your life the way you actually want to live it. So uh, people have goals where they're like, I just want to, I want to move out of this terrible neighborhood. I want a bigger house. I want a better car. I want to be able to afford to travel or to pay for my child's education, but I can't because I have all these bills that I'm paying. And the thinking is once you, once you get yourself together, you can actually do all the things that you want to do in your life but you have to get yourself together financially first. So for me, um, I don't have to think, like I literally don't think about payday ever. Like I never think, I wonder if I got paid. It just happens. My bills are paid. I'm living my life. I'm never thinking about it, but I definitely remember a time where it was like, did I get paid today? I want to do X, Y, and Z, but I have to make sure I got paid first. And so that part of my life, I don't miss. I don't miss thinking, like never thinking about payday at all. Um, travel, like I said, when I was, you know, in my whole debt-free journey, I wasn't able to travel with my friends. They were going to all these places that I wanted to go. And now, you know, one of my friends just called and she wants to go on vacation in September. I said, yes, literally the only thing I have to think about is, okay, I have to make sure that with my job, someone, you know, everything is set up at work, but I'm not thinking, do I have enough money to pay for this trip? I do. So I, I'm going to go. So it's it's that freeing feeling of not having to stress about your money and being able to enjoy your life. <laughs> that is the best thing. It's just being able to enjoy your life without having that extra burden um, weighing on your shoulders. Yeah, that's a great point that the uh, the stress relief, there's no dollar amount that you can put on None. stress relief. <laughs> None. <laughs> None. Yeah, None I mean, Pete Royce. People say money doesn't buy happiness, which is true in, in terms of if you think of like a pile of cash or whatever. But, um, you know, as you say, the, the freedom that it buys, the, the options, um, not being controlled by other people or circumstances, all of these things do create happiness. Um, and I, I think Aristotle is actually criticized because he he said that um he pointed to all these sort of materialistic things like back in ancient rome like having a vineyard (laughs) and a house and stuff like that and and money to buy um togas and um people thought oh you're being a bit sort of shallow here aren't you but you know he's, he's one of the great philosophers and um he said no all that stuff is very important um and uh you know, it, it it's it equates with with freedom. So, I, I whenever I hear people saying money doesn't buy happiness, yeah, it gives me pause for thought. It does. <laughs> I, I think I think what people confuse it with is like 
if I was working 14 hour days just to make money, then I would be stressed out and like I'm just consumed with making money. And I think that's completely different with not having to worry about money. So like for me, yes, I still have a regular nine to five job and I do other things, but my money is getting invested so that it's growing without like just because I'm in the habit of investing on a weekly basis, whether it's $15, whether it's $100, it's happening. And so my money can grow without me doing anything. Meaning if at some point I say, I want a less stressful job, I want to retire early, I can do that. And I don't have to worry about money at the same time. So I think people are confusing like that, like greed with uh, with just being free from thinking about money once you have some you have money growing for you without you having to do much for it. Mm. Yeah, no, well said. Um, so, Camilla, every episode we sort of give a, a bookmark out of five Um for the book and, and why. Um, but Corinne, before we do that, um, you've read the book. Did you come up with any sort of interesting quotes or favorite things uh, from the book that stood out to you? Yeah, yeah. I really like uh, what James Clear says about you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Um, that quote from the book just makes so much sense to me uh, because I think people have this idea and uh, that you, you know, you come up with a goal and then if you just want it bad enough, you, somehow you're going to end up getting there one way or another. And uh, it just doesn't work that way. And I, I love this idea that you, you can't just expect yourself to rise magically. Rather, you have to look really critically about, look at, at what systems you already have in place and know that if there isn't a system in place to get you to your goal, it's never going to happen. So it, I, I, I think that's one that really, really stands out to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great quote. Um, so what would you, what would you give this book out of, out of five, Corinne? Yeah. So, I mean, I like this book. I find it interesting. Um, I, I'll give it four out of five bookmarks, you know, only because personally, I'm not a super habitual person. Um, and I know this because I'm married to a routine machine who does the same <laughs> thing every day in the same order. You know, he's very, and I am not uh, from one day to the next. It looks totally different. And so I, I think uh, this book is great for somebody like my husband who already has routines and can easily like build things into them or take things away. Uh, it's a little harder for me because I'm like, well, I don't really have these things that I'm so regimented and do in the same way every day, same order, all of that. Uh, so that's the only reason, reason I give it four. But um, but I do find I, I love the psychology. I love digging into the science of the brain and habits and how they work and why and how they are capable of change. Um, so those are the things that I that I liked. I found it fascinating, very useful, helpful. Um, and, and I really like James Clear's approach of not being judgmental. This is not a, uh, you know, this is what everyone should do kind of a thing. Rather, it's um, he lets everybody take ownership for themselves to do their own analyzing of their own life and their own self and what they want for themselves. And he's not giving this like one size fits all, um, you know, approach to everyone. Rather, he like encourages everyone to do the work themselves and then he just gives the science behind, like, when you decide your own path, here's some tools that will help you. So, mm. yeah, say four. Yeah, Camilla, how about you? How, what's your overall take on the book? 
Well, I would say um, probably somewhere between four and five as well. I really like the book because it, it really helped me understand myself. I am definitely more of a habitual person. I'm The weekends are, you know, anything can happen on the weekends, but Monday through Friday pretty much look exactly the same. And it's it, it makes me feel good knowing, okay, I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then it helps me under it helped me understand like why certain things weren't working for me. Like, well, why can't I, you know, eat better or why can't I get into shape? And so it helped me understand like like the quote that you pointed out, that we're falling to the level of our systems where for me things aren't working because I don't have a system built in for me. And then it also, like I said earlier, it really explained why I did not know what to do with myself <laughs> after I got out of debt because I had no more goals. And I was like, well, what what else is there to do with money? I might as well spend it. So it really just helped me <laughs> to put, you know, uh, more of a perspective on like myself in general. So I, I, I personally really enjoyed the book. Interesting that it gave you more self-knowledge. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. Um, I'm just wondering as we're speaking, like, I mean, I've got friends who are quite sort of free spirits and, not disorganized, but they're definitely not the sort of micromanaging type. If they came across this book, what would they think? Um, probably that it was too sort of hardcore in terms of going into your micro habits and so on. But on the other hand, <laughs> it, it, it is possible that those kinds of people need this book the most, right? Um, but they're never going to read it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, true. <laughs> Which is the story with a, with a lot of sort of self-help stuff and um, psychology. Um, so, I mean, I'm probably probably similar to you in some respects and I like sort of knowing what's going to happen each day, um, not too many surprises and so on. So, yeah, I, I give this book uh, a four. I, I enjoyed reading it. Um, it sits very nicely in this genre in terms of Stephen Covey's Seven Habits, Highly Effective People, which I read ages ago. Um, and uh, the one I mentioned, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, which goes into the psychology. I guess that James Clear is more a sort of younger generation and he's very you know popular online with his accounts and, and blogging and so on. Um, so... I think he's, what he says is nothing really new in there, um, but the way he sort of packages it and very succinct, nice writing style, um, you know, this is, this is a valuable book for many people. Yeah, so he wrote this one uh, back in 2012, and uh, it, since then it's sold over 4 million copies. He's also written a new, another book called Just Stand, No Matter What Comes, um, so uh, just the update on what he's up to today. Today, James Clear has this popular weekly email uh, that helps people to build habits. He's got hundreds of thousands of followers on social media. And now he's a corporate speaker for Fortune 500 companies. So he's one of those guys that comes and gets those rah-rah conferences, you know, get everybody ready and excited to incorporate good habits into their workplace. Um, he's a, a regular contributor to the New York Times, Business Insider, Time Magazine, and a regular guest on CBS This Morning. So, yeah, he's definitely kind of taken the book and uh, become this um, thought leader in the area of self-improvement via habits. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, you, 
it's almost like habits are the opposite of a motivational speaker, really, aren't they? Because the motivation of the talk always sort of wears off after a few days. It does. And then, and then you, <laughs> you know that. Yeah, and then you're sort of left with yourself and your regular habits. So in my mind, it's almost like an anti-motivation going back to the, you know, to brass tacks and uh, really this, you know, the basic things about your life which you need to change. Um, so, yeah, I think any of these habits books are really good. Um, if in the past you have been very motivated or pumped up by a seminar and then sort of deflated after a while, uh, I think these books are where you have to go back to. It's funny you say that. I never thought about it like that, but you're definitely right. Because you go, you hear a motivational speaker, and you're like, I can do anything. But then you have no idea how to do that anything. So this helps <laughs> you. <laughs> this helps you, like, just, it's not, it's, you don't need the, you don't necessarily need that extra motivation. You just need to build in things that will allow you to make things happen in your life. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true. Yeah, so much of it is you can do it, you can do it. But James Clear is more like, no, here's how to do whatever it is you want to do. You know? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Camilla, where can people um, find you online or, you know, if you've got a newsletter or whatever? Tell so us. they can find me um, on my YouTube channel. It's called Focus Spender. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook, Elsa at Focus Spender, and my website, www.focusspender.com. So everywhere you can think of Focus Spender, I'm probably there. <laughs> you basically own Focus Spender. You I own do. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. And if people connect with you, what, what can they expect to see on all your various uh, platforms? They can see a lot of videos on investing and um, how to save more money, how to get out of debt. So practical tools and how to in terms of investing and saving their money. Mm -hmm. That's great. Super useful. Yeah. Um, And if you're watching or listening, uh, remember to check out our 10-point memo uh, on Atomic Habits, which if you don't have time to read the whole book, um, that's sort of got all the key points in it. And also to listen to the actual book insight, which is our structured summary, you know, with a professional voice actor, etc., on the book, where we go into a lot more detail on the science behind habits and also talk about some of the um, detailed e- examples uh, from the book that James Clear brings up. That's right. And if you want to make sure you don't miss any of our weekly Book Insights episodes, um, definitely follow us via social media as well. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Book Insights Pod. Um, And and on YouTube, you can watch the videos and then on uh, all the podcast platforms. So Spotify, Apple, wherever you find your podcasts, you will find the Book Insights podcast and talk about a new book every week. So Thank you for watching or listening and hope you'll join us. And Camilla, thank you so much for being in the book lounge with us. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Camilla.